The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. This text is taken very briefly, but it is the, as you will all remember, this is Jesus standing on the mountainside as just before he ascends to go back to heaven, and he is sending the disciples out on their mission in the world. And so he says to them all, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, let's pray. Our good and gracious Lord, we come together this morning uh, as family. We know that we have so many things in common. Even though we live in separate households, we come from the same community with many same issues, and yet there are partners that live halfway around the world that um, uh, wake up, uh, woke up seven hours ago, have already completed worship at Cathedral Church and are on to their day, and yet we are bound together as one family in the partnership we share in the power of your love. We pray today that our partnership continues to grow and deepen and expand and that we will be blessed by the diversity of this partnership. And they too will see us not just as people who can afford to help them with payments for school or for other events, but as as just shoulder-to-shoulder friends and um, partners in Christ. We pray, Lord, that we'll be able to bring them here soon so that we can benefit uh, more widely from the beautiful people of Tanzania and pray that uh, you will help them, each and every one of them, go about their days uh, in safety and uh, with the power of your love. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The women's retreat, as you may recall, was last weekend, and so we had uh, our usual fantastic time at St. Mary's of Providence Center, It's always completely consuming day and night. We are um, party creatures at night, and we are biblical creatures in the morning, but we laugh, and we share, and we get to know each other better. All that said, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. We all uh, stay up late, and um, so when we leave on Sunday, it's just great to kind of get home, kick off your shoes, put up your feet. However, last Sunday... I had agreed also to be at the Ambler Interfaith Martin Luther King celebration at Bethlehem Baptist Church at 4 o'clock. Pastor Kwan, the senior pastor there, had called me because, um, I don't know why I didn't ask, but um, I haven't been there recently and uh, because it's always the same weekend when the women's retreat is and it's so much in one Sunday to get done. So he called this time and asked me if I would do the benediction. <laughs> And I said, well, I, yes, I would be happy to do that, especially this year, especially this year. So I, uh, I got my benediction ready after the retreat, got back in the car and drove down here to Bethlehem Baptist Church. And when I arrived, it was standing room only in the church. It was impressive. I was squeezed into a pew by a lovely um, usher who was taking the time to find me a seat close to the front. I sat next to a Muslim couple who were very, very generous with their pew for me. 
and the stage was overflowing with a black Baptist choir, and they were packed to the gills, and they were singing and swaying, and the choir director had long robes on in black, and she was pulling the most out of them, and she was singing, and then people were stomping their feet. It was magnificent, actually, magnificent. I loved it. Rabbi Marx was there from Beth Or Synagogue. He said to the crowd, you know, as a good Jewish boy, my mother would wonder, I was here all morning at Bethlehem Baptist preaching, and now I'm back again at 4 o'clock. And I thought, what a great testimony to our partnership. Everywhere there was rainbow of faces, races, and creeds in clear solidarity. Why? Our faith in God was at the center of it, and respect for each other's differences. I perked up moment after moment. Yes, I was waking up in this new spirit of hope and healing and possibilities for our nation in a wonderfully diverse community. It felt like God's family. It felt like we were not strangers at all, but yet we were one in the Lord. There was mutual respect for our differences. Amen. Amen. Respect. I began to feel a burst, a burst of some new joy tingling in my bones. I began to sense a rising hope amidst all these friends and potential as we partnered to help reshape our world with love and acceptance and hope for people who are different than we are. Now you recall last week, had been a very contentious, contentious, argumentative, newsworthy week in our country. Every day we were pummeled with the terms that were used. People were shocked and incensed all over the news commentary about welcoming Africans and Haitian brothers and sisters to America. The crude comment that was there made about our local global village and uh, people who might be immigrants coming here, gave me a visceral reaction. I was furious. It's no secret Upper Dublin has a strong partnership now and for the past 12 years with Northeastern Diocese of Tanzania. How timely today that it is Global Church Sunday. Not because I inserted it in here at this particular time, but because it is the season of epiphany. In our ELCA global calendar, January is always Global Mission Month. Why? Because it is the time when the wise men came seeking Jesus, the baby, and they traveled from far and wide, different races, different creeds, different countries they came from, but they traveled together, caravanning to peacefully seek new hope and reconciliation in the promise the Christ child brings, God with us. The one text that I chose for today is Psalm 96 on the front of your bulletin, and it describes the Tanzanian's theology and strong passion. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. The psalmist here is describing the God of all creation, a God who called into existence on purpose a variety of people, of tribes and races and nations to coexist together and share this earth peacefully as one family, to blend our voices, to make it richer, to learn from each other, to harmonize, and despite our uniqueness, 
respect one another. This God is above all other gods, little g-gods, that human cultures worship, military might, wealth, racial supremacy, or perpetual lies and deception. Nations in this text can also be interpreted political communities. The psalmist is often the psalm is often used at Christmas time, frankly, coupled with the arrival of our Lord Jesus in human form. For then it is that the angels sing a new song of peace and hope for all the earth. Sing a new song is the theme this morning. I'm reminded of the song, We Are Called, which we did not sing at the first two services, but we are singing here and have sung. Sing, says the lyric, sing a new song. Sing of the great day when all will be one. God will reign and we'll walk with each other as sisters and brothers united in love. The world needs us all to roll up our sleeves in whatever ways we can and heal the breaches between us. Time is of the essence. L.R. Nost once wrote these words, Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of this world. All things break, and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go. Love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. This summer, our trip to Tanzania was yet another remarkable time of being filled with light from our neighbors there and with the time for bonding and for partnership and much prayer and much singing. You may know that Tanzania as a country is split between Muslim population and Christian population, and yet they get along peacefully. Everywhere we went... In the Shilashoto community, the children and the adults shone with the love of Jesus. Their singing voices can brighten up anybody's dark day and welcome us into their lives as if we were royalty. Let's see if we have the picture up here. There we are. When we arrived in Tanzania, it's so exciting to pull the Jeeps in and to get out for the first time in three years and to, to grab Mr. Marema, um, who is done our scholarship program. We hugged, but we couldn't talk because the band was so loud playing when we got out of the cars. You see there's a brass band there with trumpets and all kinds. And um, I'm mercifully, although they're dear, dear, and they mean so well, they aren't exactly well tuned to each other. So it's kind of fun to hear them. Um, Mr. Manassas, is the choir director at, up, er, at Upper Dublin. Well, he, he may be sometime, but he, he is at uh, Cathedral and also a teacher at Vuga Bible School where evangelists are trained. And he is the one who has partnered with Andrew this year in music. He needed a computer, he said, to be able to transpose music. So he's handwriting all the parts for the choir by hand. 
uh, and it was getting to be quite laborious. And Andrew said, well, we could bring you a computer. It'll all do that fancy, I don't know how, but it all puts it together. So he has a new computer and is just thrilled with his new ability to make music easier. The choir is on the right, and you can see that they... Um, They come, the band plays, the choir sings, and the first seconds we're together is music, music, and music. There are beautiful people. And the hospitality is um, overflowing. Now, the African culture, for all the goodness, is not perfect. None of us are. You may have heard also of the dark truth, that there is much fear and persecution that still exists in uh, Africa, more uh, not so close to Lesotho, but some hatred and uh, fear of albino persons. There are many albinos in Africa, in parts of the country. And sadly, as you may know, some are found murdered and body parts are taken. It is a tragedy. But notice there is another small, in the small choir you had seen prior of the children, all the albino children at the School for the Blind, and how they are being lifted up as precious children of God. Unless they had been taught how to do anything on their own, they would only remain at home with their parents all their lives, handicapped, blind, and with no future. But because of the Lutheran Diocese's outreach here, and Mama Rubin, who has been the the, uh, headmaster there for, I don't know, 25 years, and she has retired twice and been called back to be with them. She is so appreciated. And so these children, I remember I've told a thousand times my stupid remark when I first went here, they showed us the dormitories, and the, the walls are all just blank. <laughs> and I said, gee, there's no posters or anything up on the walls. How can, it's not very cheerful. And my friend next to me said, Diane, they're blind. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. We live in such a sighted world that we can't even imagine not seeing. But I've told again and again how impressive these children are who are taught how to travel throughout the whole campus, which is very large. They have a a farm with acreage where they're growing crops. Uh, They have a store where they teach the uh, weaving, and uh, they have their classrooms. They have Braille taught to them. But they have to travel with a partner, always with a partner, an older student and a younger student who take hands, and they count every footstep along the way. Some of them left while they were singing and had to go do something, and they came running back when when Mama Rubin called for them. They came walking back just like they were, you know, could see everything, walked over here, stepped over this, walked around, got back in line, and just stood there. And I said, how do they do that? And she says, they count every step, and they know every distance all around this campus. Amazing things these students do that we would not even have to try. And so it is with joy that we also know Lucy, who is um, an evangelist, who is also albino, For the last three trips there, I've seen Lucy, and first she was a student at Buga Bible School where they train evangelists, where Mr. Manasseh also teaches. But then she became a staff person at Cathedral Church, and now she is her own um, evangelist in a mountain church uh, called Ubiri, and she welcomed us singing and dancing with the women. She's now married, has a child, and uh, the child is not albino. And so it's a joyful story. But watch for Lucy on the left side. She has been one of the... Hey, my name.
And the song Nema Nema is Grace, Grace, which um, has been part of her story in her partnership with us and the Lutheran Church. At Congay School, one of the schools where the scholarship students go and succeed very well, um, our team went again this time to visit uh, the girls who are just uh, dear, and they have green uniforms, but this is always so touching that they take upon themselves to sing for us. Every Tanzanian sings for us. It's the way. It's a new song everywhere we go. And when we were talking to them, uh, they wanted to, they asked where we were going next. And I said, well, we're going to see some more people. But I was kind of embarrassed to say, well, we're kind of going to go on safari next, which everybody thinks is what you do in Tanzania. And so they said, but may we, one young woman, must have been barely eighth grade, said, may we sing for you and bless you and pray for you. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, it's not something we hear from teenagers so much um, here, although it certainly can happen. And so she led the girls in this prayer while um, the Lesotho five of us stood up front uh, in tears. So let's listen to them. <laughs> girls, and when we came outside, they let them out into a class. They just loved to swarm us. We got a group picture, and they loved to touch us, touch our hair, straight hair, you know, not, the, not some nappy hair, and they just loved to be just close to us, and uh, it's so delightful. So we have great memories of Congay, and the Christian ed director at Cathedral has her daughter there, uh, and she, um, she is sponsored by the um, Klauses, and so um, we're looking forward to Jacqueline doing very well in the future. So we learn from our African partners so much, and they humble us. Their faith is so predominant and contagious. And a new song is always available to us there. But let me ask you, what is your new song this year? It's still January, time for resolutions. Where are you going to sing a new song unexpectedly in someone's life, some group's life? What are you going to do to lift their spirits and to bring the presence of the Holy Spirit and hope into their proximity? Well, I'll tell you what Andrew McMaster did. He did, was at the last two services able to sing his song, uh, but he decided he was going to go, of course, and write a song with Mr. Manasseh that the choir could sing there. He wrote a song in half Kiswahili and half English, and uh, it, was a, it was a hit he sent it forward to Mr. Manasa, who practiced with his choirs at Cathedral, the young choirs, and with the Vuga Bible students who are going to be evangelists, so that when we came to visit them, they sang to Andrew and the rest of us in the front row of the school the song Andrew had written. And to hear Tanzanians sing it, which is their Swahili language, and the English, 
and with joy. It was a hit everywhere we went. The teachers on the bus with us wanted to learn it for their classrooms. The people at Cathedral Church loved it. We sang it both Sundays. This was, uh, it was really great. We even thought of going to um, the big city and see if we could get a recording artist record it because it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it went uh, wild. But here, let's listen to uh, what made us all uh, cry with these students shining with the light of a new song in our partnership. God is our friend, they say. I believe our choir will bless us with the song later in the service, so we'll wait for that. Amen. <laughs> 